welcome to the annual horse race slash chess tournament. Today we have our top runners with us. Welcome. Well, thank you for having me here today. I'm looking to set a few personal bests. I'm looking to get mate in six and to finish the race in under 12 minutes. Oh, very impressive, Sherbrookeshire. Now, tell us, what is your secret? What motivates you to be such a multi-talented sportsman? Oh, thank you, sir. Well, at the Beckshire properties, we have many, many training facilities for both our horses and our chest extremities. They involve rigorous exercise, a balanced diet, and a healthy dose of the collective, the collective podcast. podcast. That is right, yeah, everybody. The collective podcast is very suitable for both horse racing and chest dynamics. Uh, you should listen in if you're trying to be as good as Sir Beckshire. Yeah, uh, welcome. I'm Alejandro. And I'm Cody. And today we have our first noob interview. We're back in it, interviewing our members. We got, uh, would you like to introduce yourself, I guess, first off? I'm Isabella Cuneo. I'm a first year at UW. I use she, her pronouns. And that's all there is to it. Hell yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Bella. We'd love to have you. Uh, and it's, you know, you're one of the noobs. You're, you're one of the brand new ones. For anybody not familiar, right, the collective has uh, auditions at the start of every year. Uh, and Bella was selected. And now she's here on the podcast. Uh, so you said you're obviously first year, right? And uh, what are you looking to study at, at the University of Washington, Bella? That's an excellent question, Cody. One that I ask myself all the time because I have no idea. Um, I, I know that I want to continue studying Spanish. That's definitely super important to me. Um, so that will likely be a minor. And then as far as a major goes, I have no idea. Um, I've really been loving linguistics lately. So that's pretty dope. But, uh, you know, still trying to figure that out. And there's plenty of time ahead of me. So, you know, fingers crossed for some clarity in the future. Yeah, it sounds like you got a good start. You're in that that language game. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I, bet, I say I bet linguistics probably helps with Spanish because it kind of breaks down like how sentence structures are working, how words are you know crafted and things like that. The way that you connect them. Uh, yeah. Are you finding that at all in any of your classes? Actually, well, not really, because with linguistics right now, it's studying like American English. So we're learning all like how those sounds construct meaning in English mainly. And when we analyze other languages, it's looking at those languages because we don't know them and we can use like the bare bones of the sounds to figure mm -hmm. stuff out. So it's actually like really separated from Spanish, which is actually kind of a challenge, but you know, can't go wrong with learning a little more about your first language. <laughs> and Spanish is your first language. English is. Oh, English so, is your first. Like, yeah, the opportunity to learn more about English is. I'm taking advantage of that as well. Yeah. Oh. And hot do hot do you speak any Spanish? Yeah, I'm I'm not fluent by any means, but I I do know how to hold a conversation. Okay, so mm -hmm. it looks like we're all together here, and the fact that we all kind of speak a little bit of Spanish that's so exciting. That's cool. Spanish podcast is coming up. Spanish podcast. Tune in. <laughs> if, if, if we hit a thousand followers on Spotify, we'll do an all Spanish podcast. We'll get everybody Absolutely. together. You, you heard it, set those Yeah. Let's, let's, let's get those followers up, everybody. <laughs> uh, 
So, Bella, let's let's kind of run it back a little bit. Obviously, we don't really know too much about you in the collective. So let's figure out a little bit of history and some past here. Where uh, where are you coming from? Where are you staying? Where are you living right now? Yeah, um, I was born in Redmond, Washington, like 30 minutes away from where I live now, which is Renton. And I've grown up here all my life. So um, I kind of the Renton Renton area is like either on the top of the hill or the bottom of the hill. And I live on the, like the top of the hill, in, like this suburb area, not in like the sketchy downtown Renton area. So um, that's been definitely a blessing. But, you know, nevertheless, the sketchier parts are definitely still close to my heart. So I'm still here in Renton at home right now during my first year, but hoping to move up to UW when I can. So, yeah, that's where I'm at right now. And that's where I've been for the last 18 years as well. Right on. Yeah. And so. Do you have prior theater experience that has shaped your path toward the collective? My theater experience is is pretty limited, but very profound in like why I sought improv. I started theater and like performance in general in fifth grade, and I was cast as like a chorus member, and I cried about it because I really wanted to be the center of attention. So I, I swore off theater after that. I was like, I'm never doing this crap again. I hate it um, because I was a chorus member. Um, so sixth grade, I did an audition for Annie because I was like, they're just going to throw me back in the chorus again. Like, that's how this theater stuff works. So I skipped that and then I was really sad. So I auditioned for Guys and Dolls Jr. the next year. And that was a pivotal moment for me because I got uh, the role of Nicely Nicely Johnson, which is one of the gamblers. So I like stuffed all my hair in a wig cap and totally went for it and got like a little solo action there. It was like the most fun I'd ever had in my life. I still think it's like where I peaked, um, you know, to be totally honest. And that was great. So the next year kept it going. I got to do Beauty and the Beast Jr. the next year. And I was Belle in that. And that was so fun. It was cool to play a woman, um, you know, and yeah, so I had an awesome time with that. Um, and then I went to high school and the theater department at the high school that I went to, Go Highlanders, um, you know, great school, awful drama program. So no musicals or anything, only straight plays. And I hope Mr. Kruger doesn't hear this, but, you know, not the greatest or most like passionate of high school theater directors. So um, definitely a little bit difficult to find places to gather some more experience from. So I only did a couple shows. Um, oh, I forgot after eighth grade Beauty and the Beast before freshman year, I was in a production of Cats. Can't forget that one, although I would like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, so yeah, my theater experience is limited to just a couple shows, a couple straight plays in high school. But um, I was like, the minute I knew I was going to UW, I was like, okay, I gotta hop in on some theater program, gotta like get the fix somehow. So that's kind of where improv came in. I find it really interesting that Bella got casted as Belle in Beauty and the yeah. Beast. I, I wonder I, if that had any impact on it. I, yeah, no, they, they saw that I was named Belle and they were like, who cares about what she can do? She's got the name. And so, so what I'm gathering from what you had just told us, as well as, you know, uh, for the audience listening, we have our cameras on so we can kind of see each other. Uh, I'm noticing I got a lot of paraphernalia in the background. We got a Hamilton, we got a little fan of the opera, we got a little Jersey Boys. Mm -hmm. And that kind of reinforces what I was going to ask is it seems like you're much more into musical theater, or at least that's where your focus is because the straight plays Mr. Kruger put on didn't really seem to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> Not right. The straight plays, I, 
You know, honestly, I feel like regular plays and musicals are on a level playing field um, because, you know, if it hadn't been for some not so great direction, I feel like the straight plays would have absolutely like totally been banging. Um, mm-hmm. And I think I actually took a, an acting class with another newbie, Sammy, you'll hear from later. Um, hey. We were scene partners in a drama class that we took this past quarter. And that drama class was so fun. And actually in high school as well, um, when I realized that the plays weren't really cutting it, I um, decided to do film club, which was literally so, so fun. And we did two short films in the time that I was there, um, both of which I was able to sneak my way into. And that totally opened my eyes to like acting without music and stuff. And it's so much fun. And I love it just as much as any musical for sure. So obviously being in musicals, even though, you know, maybe sometimes you're in the chorus, unfortunately, <laughs> obviously you're still singing, right? So we, we got, we got pipes, I'm assuming. Uh, oh, yeah. What's, what's, what's the range? I'm going to guess, I'm going to guess alto. You look like an alto. You are pretty much correct. Yeah. I did choir for three years in high school as well. And I was, I was a pretty, pretty bang an alto one. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know what that means, but hell yeah. The, the higher of the two altos. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, you were pretty much right on. Yeah, I'm very jealous, first of all, because <laughs> I, I, I think a lot of the collective, we have a lot of overlap between Stage Notes, which is the University of Washington's uh, kind of musical theater company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a lot of overlapping members between the two organizations. So there's a lot of phenomenal singers, and maybe yeah. we'll see some, we'll maybe see some, uh, some further synergy between that with yeah, uh, so. with Bella here. Yeah, I hope I can meet the expectations. All right, so we've touched on theater, school. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. is what is something that is like really interesting to you right now? Like what what is your passion? What's driving you? Oh my gosh. That's a that's a really good question. What's my passion? What is driving me? Um, right now, I I think, oh geez, this isn't going to sound very interesting. Um, I haven't um, been like as interested in like physical fitness recently because I ran cross country back in the day for like four years and oh, I yeah. totally fell in love with running and um, I sort of fell out of that. So I'm trying to get back in it again. And I've been like trying to exercise like just for my mental health. And that has been so refreshing. Um, and additionally, uh, balancing like a busy schedule as boring as that sounds like it totally keeps me motivated, you know? So it's like a huge driving factor in like, you know, getting up and out of bed and like doing shit every day because <laughs> knowing I have those responsibilities. Um, and then rom-coms. Oh Lord. So <laughs> I, I first have to say that it's very intimidating to be in a call with two cross country people here. Cause I know Han was super big in a cross country. Oh my gosh. I had no idea. Marathon runners in the collective here as well. Yup. That's so cool. Uh, but rom-coms, you, you touched on something that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, let's, let's, let's hear some favorites. Let's hear some tops. What do we got? Actually, um, you can't see my other wall, but, uh, opposite to the musical theater posters, I have a, when Harry met Sally poster. Ooh right above my desk so I can look at it every day um, during Zoom classes. 
Harry Met Sally, is that, that's at the top of the list or do we got to stop there? the top of the list. That's my favorite movie of all time. You know, really? Rob Hill, it's the greatest, yeah. Wow. I, I think, are you a fan of Pretty Woman? Little Richard Gere? Yeah. That's, that one's very, very close to my heart. I love me some yeah. rom-coms. It, it would have been more enjoyable to watch uh, a movie about a prostitute falling in love with a rich guy if my mom had not been sitting right next to me. So no offense to my mother, who was lovely company during most movies, but that was a little bit weird. Oh, was she not into it? No, she was She was the one showing us. Um, but oh. then uh, when things get a little steamy and she like grabs the remote, you know, when that when that kind of thing goes down, you know, that's when, you know, eh, maybe I have to watch this on my own time. I which I like we had a different experience. Yeah, no, I mean, I, watching it on your own is definitely an exciting thing because I watched yeah. it, I think as most people did, at least around our ages, you know, with, mm -hmm. with my mom, but my mom, loves Richard Gere and my mom loves <laughs> Julia Roberts. So it was like, you better pay attention to this part. Remember, uh -huh. kissing on the mouth, right? It's a, it's a very important <laughs> part. Um, and I know that aside from music, right? You're, or, or, oh Jesus, hold on, let me run it back. I know that aside from movies, you're also super into music, right? Cause we, we did a little gift exchange for the holidays and we had some, uh, some vinyls. Is that mm -hmm. something that you kind of dive deep into? Wesley actually gave me my first vinyl ever, which is such an honor. I, I seriously, like it's on my bookshelf right now. I was so touched by that gift. Um, but music is definitely pretty big for me, especially recently when, you know, I have nothing to listen to, but what's going on in my head. And, well, that's and when you're not, when you're not listening to the collective podcast, of course. Exactly. Uh, right. When I'm not contributing to that follower count. So uh, yeah, music has definitely been bigger recently finding myself going for aimless drives a lot more often than I ever have. So, you know, you got to get the playlist popping for those. Um, but yeah, any sad indie music, that's absolutely my jam. So yeah, okay, Wesley oh. actually put the nail on the head with, the, with that one. And what was the, what was the vinyl again? Um, it is uh, Lord Huron, their very first ever album. Wow. All right. Audience at home, if you're looking to take sad, aimless drives, little Lord Huron, set the mood. Yeah, right. absolutely. I actually saw them in concert for for my 17th birthday. Wow, how was like, it? Not we know. <laughs> um, it was amazing. They were fabulous. So we know a little bit about you as a person. Now let's mm -hmm. let's kind of figure out. We saw the transition, straight plays, musical, theater mm -hmm. involvement forever, right? You wanted to kind of do that and pursue that at UW. So mm -hmm. what kind of kept you from going the traditional route, drama major, going into stage notes? What what about the collective brought you in <laughs> improv? How does that fit into the picture? Oh my gosh. Well, I, I love talking about this because I love talking about my friends because I love them. Um, but uh -huh. for the past, uh, oh geez, like four years, one of my closest pals, um, his name is Truman. He actually made an appearance at our most recent show um, pretending to be someone else. He was the one who got called up and absolutely put on an act. So he's very gifted with improv himself, but he's been doing it for a um, handful of years now. So I've spent like all of high school gathering up all the pals on a Saturday night at seven to go to like Georgetown um, to go watch a show with his troupe. So they're always so much fun. And I absolutely like totally fell in love with watching them and raising my hands and shouting out suggestions whenever I could. Um, and so I was like, okay, like, I could see myself maybe doing okay with this improv thing. Like it's really fun. So I might as well try it out. And uh, you know, one thing that actually really convinced me was like a, a trip with a couple of my friends um, sort of at the end of our senior year. And uh, we were playing mafia 
like mm. in the basement of this Airbnb. And every time we did it, um, uh, like myself or like Truman or another friend would just be coming up with these crazy, absolutely wild, absurd narrations for the whole like mafia story. And I was like, I, I just want to get up and do this in front of more people, you know, and with other people who don't find it annoying, you know? Yeah. So I was like, this is totally something I have to try. And uh, I watched a couple of videos at the collective online and like, I was like, okay, these people seem absolutely awesome. <laughs> Shout out to the video department at the, yeah. Uh, yeah. the collective. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's really what like improv is, is you're up on stage playing with your friends. Seriously. And that actually just reminded me of a game of mafia. The collective played uh, years ago where somebody had the idea to make the the setting be in like the bronze age but every single person had a different idea of like what that time frame was in their head so we had like one dude over here was like a caveman for some oh, reason no. and there's like another person who was like steampunky and it was just in a complete mess but i i just love the way that improv kids take mafia to like a role-playing level so fun. yeah absolutely they're they're improvers. They're not his you know history majors, except for Aiden, of course, who bridges right. that gap. But I, I think if you put a gun to my head and told me to tell you when the Bronze Age budge, you could just you could just pull the trigger. It's over for me because <laughs> I I can't give you that. Um. So you okay? So you you got into improv because of uh, your friends, and you wanted mm-hmm. to kind of pursue that a little bit more. And then you okay. saw the collective videos, and then you decided to just audition in a crazy year of auditions. Our first ever. A completely virtual audition process. Um, how was that for you? Was it was it as scary for you as it was for us on the other side? Oh yeah, I was totally terrified. Um, I went to one of the workshops actually that you guys held. I wish that I had gone to more. Now that I'm looking, that I'm like looking at it in hindsight, um, and that was so much fun. And I actually had a friend in my fig who um, told me like, oh hey, like do you do improv? Are you going to audition? You should totally come to a a workshop. And I was like, Oh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've always like wanted to kind of try it out, but I mean, come on. It's like, it's on zoom. Might as well just wait. But you know, as I'm thinking about it, it's like at the time I was like, okay, you know what? Let's be realistic. You're probably going to spend the rest of your first year like in your bedroom. So put yourself out there, like see what's available, even if it's online. Um, And so, yeah, to, to answer your question, it was definitely super scary. Um, especially because even online school is like super foreign to me. Um, this is like the first year ever where it's been at this level, obviously. And so, yeah, definitely was pretty fearful, like logging onto that Zoom for the first time, especially because I didn't know what to expect with you guys too. You know, mm-hmm. um, my experience was the one workshop and watching a couple other shows in the past. So yeah, was super, super nervous, but yeah, I was surprised how smoothly it went and how professional everybody was and uh, how like committed and like driven the the collective is to find new people and like new talent and friends at the end of the day, you know? So I really, really liked it. I, yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. we definitely loved having you and it's a, it's a great thing that you're on the team now. And uh, you know, we're going to do some improv online and we're going to do some improv in person when we come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, we're, we're, we're very excited to look forward to the future. I think you're going to bring a lot to the table. How, how, is, how is improv online with you now? How are you feeling? It? Do you feel like you're kind of settling into a groove or is it all still very new? It's, it's pretty new still at this point. Um, and it's even though I'm, I've sort of adapted to the online situation and living at home, 
Um, it is really rough to know that I probably won't be able to do stuff in person with the members who are, you know, retiring at the end of the year. So that is something that's definitely weighed on me a little bit just because it was like, yeah, I thought, you know, getting robbed ended when I graduated, you know, like <laughs> I thought all that was over. Um, but uh, so I, I think I will be finding my groove here shortly with Zoom Prov. And I think I'm, I'm diving in at a point that might even be more challenging than it would be to get on stage for the first time, you know? So I feel like I'm breaking the ice in a way that might actually greatly benefit me and the rest of the noobs in the future. Yeah. Like big props. Like you were literally doing like groundbreaking zoom prob. Like we're inventing so much on the Yeah. Really cool. And it's like, it's great to see y'all like tear it up out there. Like we couldn't be more excited. So <laughs> and imagine you, you kind of touched on, what that transition is going to be like once you and the rest of the noobs and the rest of the team goes back to in-person mm -hmm. once you know, the vaccine's all good and everybody's back to, you know, quote unquote normal, the mm -hmm. momentum of the shows is going to be astronomical. Off the charts. Yeah, for sure. I hope the audience is ready for the very <laughs> first improv show that comes back to in-person at Seriously. whichever venue we, we book. It's going to be uh, a real showstopper. And we're going to have noobs that aren't even going to be noobs anymore. You guys are going to be like full-fledged, complete members of the collective. Yep. Yeah. I'm so excited. I can't wait. I'm already practicing. So uh, I think it was like, it was Claire, Clara or Claude who mentioned like, we always play a song, you know, before we like run out and get it going and kind of get that energy up. So like, like I said, with those aimless drives, I'm like, oh gosh, okay, wait, imagine if this song was playing and I'm like mm -hmm. driving around, like imagining just totally grooving in person with like an audience. So, you know, that's kind of, that's what's fueling me right now. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> it's almost hard to believe that, like, to think back to the time when we would perform in a theater and have that, you know, run on music and text in the booth, just jamming it out. And we have an announcement and the crowd goes wild. Oh, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to think that that was over, you know, a year ago now, yeah, or almost, almost a year ago now from the last production. But yeah, that's, that's awesome. We're super excited. <laughs> uh so wait so completely random yeah side thought and there's no segue here obviously english is your first language yes but you love spanish and you're looking to minor in it i do yeah is there is there a cultural connection here are we just fans of uh reggaeton that we want to listen to without having to get translations <laughs> yeah um i i i don't really know where it came from or where it's rooted the only explanation i have for it is maybe some crazy weird genetics because when my mom was at UW, she had been dating my dad for a while and she had to squeeze like a whole year of French to meet her foreign language credit into like one summer, summer quarter. So um, my dad like half learned French to help her study for, for this uh, like cool class she was taking. Um, and he picked it up like so quickly and so when I jumped into Spanish for the first time, my freshman year of high school, I was like, okay, like this, it just kind of felt like puzzle pieces. You know, everyone kind of has that subject that just kind of clicks for them. And that was totally what Spanish was for me. Um, so I took like felt right at home in that class. I feel like I took a little bit of that, like um, adherence to language mm -hmm. from my dad. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I finally found a class where it like wasn't a struggle. You know, it wasn't math. It wasn't like algebra, no science. Mm -hmm. No offense to any of my like STEM folks out there, but that is that could not I'm be taken. me. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
um, but yeah, so it was, it was a total relief to find a class that I felt like really suited me. You know, that wasn't just like a lit class. And, um, so yeah, totally stuck with it. And then oh, that formed a total admiration for the language. Oh, oh. is there <laughs> a specific Latin American country you would want to visit? That is such a good question. I think about this all the time. Like, you know, like before you go to bed, like staring at your ceiling, like this is what I imagine is like this mm. traveling. <laughs> so I have no idea. I um, would love to go to Spain, of course. Um, I actually met an exchange student back in high school whose name was Anne. She was amazing. And the way she that she talked about like where she was from in Spain was incredible. And so I would love to go visit there. Mm. I also feel like... Um, Central America would be so cool. Uh, just to hit like a, a couple of different countries there would be amazing. Like so interesting to experience the culture of places that are so close together, but like so starkly different. Um, and then also Uruguay. Um, I would love to go there. It's super progressive and like very forward thinking, pretty feminist country as well. So I, I think that would be amazing. Oh yeah. And Chile, of course. But I could go. I love, that you can, I love that you can hear like the Spanish trickle out in the pronunciation of the country. <laughs> it's not, you know, it's not Uruguay. It's Uruguay. I know, right? <laughs> One of my pet yeah, peeves. We, we pronounce it correctly on the podcast. Thank Damn you. right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Travel is going to be pretty sensational once everything, you know, relaxes and we can go back to normal. And Absolutely. hopefully you'll be able to do maybe yeah. something abroad, right? Kind of like that's, that's definitely something I want to do. Yeah. That's something you're interested right. in doing. That's fantastic. So when you're yeah. not doing improv, right? You're mm -hmm. not taking your endless drives, right? Mm -hmm. Where where do you divert your time? How do you how do you spend the rest of your time? I mean, because I know um, that you're pretty active with your friends, right? Like going out hiking and things like that. Oh right? yeah, I do love hiking. Um, recently it's been a little more difficult because my best friend, shout out to Faith. I love you, Faith. I'm gonna force you to listen to this when it comes out. Um, she goes to college in Arizona right now, so she's out of here but we did hikes like all throughout quarantine you know when there's nothing to do but mask up and get outside you know like that's totally what we gravitated towards so i have a group of like it was, like three friends and i that would just do like a hike a week and it was amazing and like so rewarding and finally like felt like we were embracing like the pnw you know so totally love that and have had trouble getting into it recently just because of like scheduling stuff and to miss out on a couple friends here and there is definitely a bit of a bummer. But oh, yeah. hiking is absolutely one of my favorite things. So yes, I would say that's what I'm doing when I'm not uh, driving aimlessly. <laughs> and it's interesting that you said that you're kind of taking advantage of the PNW and mm -hmm. you lived here for so long, you know, your whole life. Mm -hmm. I I feel like people who grow up in one area, like myself, right? Uh, mm -hmm. They're like, I gotta get out of this town. I gotta, I gotta go to, you know, somewhere mm -hmm. else, somewhere off. What made you choose to stay and go to UW? That is a, <laughs> that's, it's kind of a funky answer. Um, if I could, I think I'll take this opportunity to just flex a little bit, you know, might Good. as well. Um, yeah, you know, don't do it too, too often. So might as well. Um, I really, really put all my eggs in one basket with this place called Whitman College in Walla Walla, which is like a very tiny liberal arts school with like 1200 kids and like super granola in like a really small town. And I was super interested in, in it. That's where my great grandparents went and met. And it's where my grandparents went and met. And it's like a lot of family history, super cool place. And uh, of course I was interested in acting. So uh, my dad made me audition for a scholarship there. 
um, which I really didn't want to do, but I was like, you know what, I'm just going to brave it. Um, so we went there for a weekend. I gave a couple monologues, had a little interview and ended up getting it. Um, and I was so happy uh, until we were like right in the like upper middle class middle ground where we can't get any aid. <laughs> so that was the only financial like contribution from the college that I was able to obtain. And we all know private school tuition is like absolutely out of the water. Yep. So I was like, yep. yeah. Uh, so I was like, you know what? That's okay. Like everything's shifting and everything happens for a reason. And number two on the ranks, like we're going to UW. And I was really upset at the time, but like, like I said, everything happens for a reason. I trust that, you know, things are laid out for me. And so I was ready for the change, but that's why I'm here at UW is because it wasn't my original plan, but we're here now. And I couldn't be happier because like, look where I am. I'm on, I'm on a podcast for the first time with an improv troupe that I'm part of. So clearly something's going right for me. Uh, yes. Love that attitude. Um, <laughs> Thank I'm, I'm a sucker for normalizing abnormal paths through higher learning because yes, there's like, yeah, this idea has to be a certain way. Um, all right. We have had such a lovely time talking to you. Like at this, I feel like it's the first like real conversation I've gotten to have with you. Um, yeah, seriously. I, and I want to have more. <laughs> yes. We, okay. We have a tradition with these interview podcasts where we like to ask as a final thing, do you have any word of wisdom, closing statement, piece of advice, or just general thought that you would you think you, you need our viewers to hear? Oh my gosh. Oftentimes it's something that you would say to like a younger version of yourself, or maybe something that you would say to somebody who's going through hard times or somebody like a like a situation that you found yourself in that you wish somebody had said to you. Yeah. Um, well, in that case, I would go to my freshman yourself and say stop using the eyebrow pencil because it, it's not, it's not doing you any favors. Um, but <laughs> I doubt that goes for all listeners. So rather than don't use the eyebrow pencil, I think I'll share one that I actually really love um, that I try to tell myself every day. I work like at a coffee place. So, you know, talking to customers and stuff, um, this is always really important to keep in mind and just in general with friendships and stuff too. It's that every interaction with someone is an opportunity to make their day better. So like you have an obligation as a human to take advantage of that opportunity. So go make someone's day better today, you know? <laughs> oh, oh, that is so holistic and, and <laughs> warm and kind. And it perfectly, so it perfectly reflects Bella, I think, as a person. And hopefully oh. we'll be able to get to see if you're willing to come onto the podcast a couple more times uh, throughout your stay here. Totally. I've been Cody. I've been Alejandro. And I've been Bella. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, tune in next time on a Monday. Catch yourself another podcast interview. Uh, thank you all so much. And we'll, uh, we'll catch you on the flip side. Bye.